Welcome to the Spring Hills Podcast. Today, uh, I'm going to be introducing you to a new speaker that we're going to have this weekend. He's been up here before. He spoke with our youth group. Probably, what was that, Dan, like a couple years ago, right? Before COVID. I, done it. I, I, actually, I actually did motion uh, just a couple months ago, and then I did it on Halloween like four years ago. Okay, so a long time ago. Okay. I've been, I've been a few times, yeah. Right on. Cool. Well, this is Dan Navarra. He is from my neck of the woods in Turlock. Um, coincidentally, though, you, I'm not your contact here at Spring Hills which is no. kind of funny. You got to know uh, John Knapp, which I'll get to in a little bit here, but you are going to be speaking this weekend. Um, people, unless they're a student, maybe they haven't seen you, um, unless they you know, volunteer on the youth staff or something like that. But I wanted to give our church an opportunity to get to know you a little bit. So um, let's just kick it off with some of the basics and just talk about what your current ministry is, the church that you're at, and uh, where you're from, where you're located. Yeah. So like Garrett said, uh, I'm Dan and I'm in Turlock. So I'm about, oh, four hours or so away by car. And uh, I am married to my wife, Amy. Uh, we've got 10 years coming up in January. We have three young strapping lads, uh, Levi, who's seven. And then we have twin four and a half year olds, Davis and Lincoln. And they are a lot. They keep us moving and rolling. Yeah. I, imagine that, right? Uh, three boys and uh, it, it's been fun, man. It's well, been a wild twins. ride. Like we have two, we yeah. have two boys. I can't imagine when we had our second one that being twins. Like I, oh, that, yeah. I was in the doctor's office and uh, the doctor's like, we you know we go into the ultrasound to make sure. sure everything's good. And the doctor's like, dad, you may want to sit down for this. And I was like, what? <laughs> twins. Hey, oh you know my what? Gosh. That's good news though. Sometimes when it's, you may want to sit down if it's bad news, you know, but that's good news. That's cool, man. Yeah, That's awesome. Exactly. So you, what'd you say? Seven and four? Uh, yeah, seven and four and four. Right, and, uh, right. On. Wait, four and four. The twins are the same age. Is that right? Exactly. Gotcha. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. It's funny. People are like, "Did you try to have twins?" And we're like, <laughs> "That's not how it works." Do they run like, in the family? People, uh, so it turns out uh, after twenty twenty eight vision, looking backwards, yeah, on my wife's side there is a little bit of history of twins, okay. and so uh, she carries all the blame for that. But we wouldn't have it any other way. We love our family, man. It's it's a blast. My mother in law is um, a twin, and uh, there's there her. I think it's her mom, her grandma or something is a twin. So we were like, dude, one of the, my, my wife has two sisters. I'm like, one of you guys is having twins. Like it's going to yeah. happen. Somebody's going to get it here. Uh, we did yeah. not though. We did not get the twins. Um, yeah, so you are in Turlock. Are you, you're at, go ahead and tell us about your church a little bit, the church that you're at. Yeah. So I, I spent the last six years at a church called Montevista Chapel here in Turlock. And uh, just recently in December, actually kind of transitioned out of that role. Oh. And uh, I'm yeah, and I'm still looking for what my next role is. And so I'm doing things just like this, helping out with churches and filling in and doing the guest speaking thing. I've been preaching on Sundays at a church here in town that's without a senior pastor right now. And so I've done a bunch of that for them. And uh, I'm kind of just floating out there a little bit right now, which cool. is fun for me. Yeah. Uh, it, the reason I'm able to do that is uh, my wife and I actually opened a business in downtown Turlock doing charcuterie and cheese. And, Sweet. uh, so we opened a brick and mortar, uh, like we, we signed a lease in the middle of a pandemic. Remember two weeks to flatten the curve. Yeah. We signed a, <laughs> we signed a lease. We signed a lease in week three of that. Oh, and, God. uh, yeah, you know, it was, it was brilliant. And then from there we, uh, <laughs> we, we waited on the lease and then the County approved it in January. And so I, I left my church in December and in January we started opening our shop and it opened its doors in March. And so we've been doing that kind of full time and I've been doing ministry here and there, wherever I can. And, uh, it's, it's been fun, man. It's been, it's been a cool summer. I told my kids it's the summer where dad doesn't have to go to work. And yeah. so, uh, 
I, we've done all the adventures and stuff like that. So yeah, my family has been uh, a, a real blessing to be around them a whole lot more in the last you know six or eight months and uh, looking forward to figuring out what God has next in store for me. Right on. Cool, man. So you were at Montevist Chapel for six years. That's actually, I went to Turlock Christian, which is on the campus there. Uh, at least they yeah. were, I don't know if they still are. I haven't been around in a while, but I'm guessing they're they still are. on the campus there. Um, so yeah, again, Dan and I are from, uh, where you're from Turlock now. Where are you from originally though? I am originally from the East Bay. I'm from Danville. I'm a Danville kid. I'm Dan from Danville. Uh, oh, although I right on. Dan, I haven't been, I know they named the city after me. It was nice of them. So are uh, you, a, are you an A's fan or are you a Giants fan? I'm a Giants fan. I already fan, knew man. the answer to that. But. I, yeah, I have the same birthday as Will Clark. I, me and Neuschler. Will, I have the Neuschler same birthday Clark. as Willie Mays. Oh, that's amazing. That's <laughs> yeah. great. Yeah, I've been a Giants fan for a long time, man. I, I, I became a Giants fan in 97 when they won the wild card and Brian Johnson hit that home run and yeah. Rod Beck had the mullet in full fashion. And then they built the ballpark and Bonds was there and it was hard to not fall in love with them. Oh, I, know. I, I stuck it out through the hard years and then we got three World Series rings and it's been it's been and now we're spoiled. Ever since. Best record yes. in the league right now. And every Best time they record. lose, I'm like, oh, come on. Let's go. Do better than that. But no, yeah, that's awesome, absolutely. dude. So I knew that you were a Giants fan. We've uh, interacted on that a few times. Um, so <laughs> let us uh, let me ask you this now. How'd you meet John Knapp? Because you, that is your contact here. That's who you... Yeah. Uh, yeah, go ahead. So John and I uh, both worked at Presbyterian churches uh, in the Central Valley. Uh, oh, you know half a lifetime ago. And, uh, I'm, I say I'm a recovering Presbyterian and I'm in, I've been non-denominational uh, ever since, but that's how we got connected. We got to connected through our denomination and we became friends and, uh, kind of stayed in contact through all of that. And then what happened was when the fires hit in Santa Rosa, oh, that's right. uh, I like saw the devastation and I went to my, my pastor here in Turlock and I was like, I want to take a team up like tomorrow to Santa Rosa. And it turns out I called John he's like, yeah, man, we're going to run this day camp, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., three meals and free childcare. And I was like, great, I'm bringing, I'm bringing a team and we'll work for a week. And so I brought like, I don't know, 20 people kind of on a whim. I had kids cut school for it was a week. Awesome. I mean, it, it was sweet. It was, uh, awesome. it was really fun to see our church kind of snap into action. And uh, so I got to come up and do that and serve you guys in that way in your community. And I, it was, it was fun, man. It was really fun to do that and spend some more time with John and your team there and yeah. get to know Brett. And uh, that was kind of the beginning of all of that. And then I did motion and things like that. We've always kind of collaborated on ministry things and right. shared, shared files and ideas and interns and all that kind of stuff over the years. So when I, when really I walked fun. in that, when the, I don't know if it was like the, it was like three or four days after the fires and you guys had shown up here, I walked in and I saw you in Vance and I was like, what in the world? Like this, it yeah. was worlds colliding for me just because Turlock guys up here just was such a random thing for me um, to see you guys here. It's funny. There's actually more people I've run into up here from Turlock. There's a girl that um, went to church here that was, I think she grew up at Bonavista Chapel and she showed up when I was interviewing. She like walked up to the stage. She was like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, I'm interviewing yeah. here. So it's been <laughs> kind of cool to, to run into Turlock people. Um, little, yeah. little slice of home. So, well, let's, uh, let's go back now a ways and talk about your upbringing. Did you grow up in church? Yeah, not, not really. Um, I was, uh, and you, your, your congregation will see this on Sunday. I'm, I'm not a quiet guy. Um, I was big and loud as a kid growing up and, uh, Perfect youth I went to pre yeah, yeah. I went to preschool at like a Christian preschool in Danville. Uh -huh. Um, that's, you know, attached to a church and, um, then I hit kindergarten and what do you do with a big loud kid who's in kindergarten, right? You put him in the free church, you put him in the free choir and the only free choir in town was the, the church choir. And so my parents enrolled me in church choir, but my parents didn't go to church. 
um, they would only come to church on Sundays where I sang. So it was like Palm Sunday, Thanksgiving, Father's Day, Mother's Day. That's like it, right? And uh, but I was I loved kids choir. I did kids choir kindergarten through eighth grade. I did all the dramas and musicals and all that stuff. And my parents came and sat in the front row with the camcorder on the Sundays I I was there. And um, then like third grade. One of the Sundays, I think it was probably Palm Sunday or something like that. One of the Sundays that I sang, they sat in the front row and the pastor said something that Sunday that it it worked. And they, overnight, we became a church family. They got sold out for Jesus. It affected our entire family tree. Uh, Everybody's gotten saved in my family since then. Yeah. And then my parents served 10 years uh, on junior high staff. Uh, as my brother and I, who's my brother's also a pastor, as my brother and I grew up, they served in youth ministry. And uh, then they stepped aside from that uh, when my brother and I both became interns at the church that we grew up at. And so uh, my brother's been called to ministry since like he was 12 years old. He knew that early on in the game. I didn't. I was going to be an architect. Uh, so through high school, I worked at an architecture firm and uh, really enjoyed doing that. And uh, I was kind of on that trajectory. And I, I loved God. And, you know, I served God as a volunteer, but I never saw myself being a pastor. And then uh, freshman year of college, I was on a college retreat and uh, Where'd you go to the college, college I went to, well, at that time I was at Diablo Valley college. I was a community college, okay. but I, I ended up graduating from Cal state East Bay with a degree in philosophy okay. uh, with a religious emphasis. Gotcha. And uh, I, I was on a college retreat and the college pastor was like, you know, Dan, you'd make a good pastor one day. And uh, I, I laughed at him. I was like, yeah, no, I, I'm good. And uh, the joke was on me. God, I, the, it's funny. I was in Tahoe on a winter retreat but God snowballed that it started rolling down the hill faster and faster and louder and louder. And I couldn't shake it. And uh, a few weeks later I dropped my architecture classes and added philosophy and communications and psychology and uh, went and told my parents a couple months later, Hey, I want to quit my job at the architecture firm and uh, become a pastor. And uh, the family was thrilled. They, they, they backed me hundred percent. And uh, so I've been full-time in ministry. Uh, I did a 15 year stretch before leaving my last church. I was full-time for 15 years total. Did you do any uh, seminary mostly, or anything like that? Yeah, yeah. So after I finished my uh, undergrad at Cal State East Bay, I got a full MDiv from Fuller Theological Seminary. Uh, I graduated there uh, five or six years ago now. Okay. And uh, yeah, so I, I, I have seminary done and my undergrad done and all that. And um, I, the big transition for me was I, I'd always done youth ministry for the last 15 years, but I, I was also always doing adult ministry stuff as well. And uh, I've, I've been preaching to the adult congregation all 15 years. I've always been in the preaching rotation at whatever church I've served at. Right on. And uh, so it was time for me to make the jump completely out of youth ministry. And so that's kind of where I'm in the waiting of trying to figure out what's next for me and kind of listening to the still small voice of God and trying to figure out what's next for me and my family. Cool. How did you and Amy meet? Amy and I met at a church uh, college young adults group in Modesto. So prior to Um, ministry. No, 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 no. We met at 25 years old. Actually. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, it, it, we were both in grad programs. I was in seminary. She was attending a grad program at Liberty. We both had our undergrad degrees already. Gotcha. It was a really cool college and career type ministry. And uh, it was mean on Sunday nights. And the pastor was, he was doing like 45 minute exeg- exegetical Bible sermons. Like it was good stuff for like young adults that yeah. were really 
doing the thing. And what happened was, is I walked in on a random Sunday night for the first time, trying to make some friends. And, uh, the college pastor met me in the first few minutes, like you're supposed to do, you know, when you see a new person and he's like, you see that blonde girl across the room, go ask her where everybody's going to dinner after afterwards, because that's where the real action happens in this group. You'll make some friends there. And I walked up to that girl and uh, ended up marrying her. So (laughs) worked out good for me. Your pastors have good instincts, man. One of them says you're going to be a pastor. The other one says you got to go talk to that girl. You had some good pastors in your life. Yeah, it's been good, man. I, you should always have, you should always have a good handful of mentors in your life that are looking out for you. I believe that wholeheartedly. Well, it's so cool to hear your story about your parents also, because we, we do these, you know, we, we do this adventure week thing where we, um, we bring to this year, I think we had over 600 kids on campus and we do this giant, it's, you know, it's kind of, uh, people like to say, oh, it's like your VBS, but it's way, it blows VBS out of the water. It's this, you know, it's this big event. And, uh, just knowing people have basically families have been saved because their kids get plugged into something at the church. And then they, so you're talking about your parents come to church just to hear you sing. And then the pastor that's planting seeds and the pastor speaks into your parents' life. And then you said it's, it's had a chain reaction among your whole family, right? Yeah. So what kind I mean, of our, our entire family. So as a kid, well, you said you were eight years old when that happened. When your parents are great. Yeah. Third whatever grade, third grade like is. So what kind yeah. of difference did you see in your family? Once you started attend, once they started coming to church to see you sing. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, my parents were good people to begin with. Like, like they were, it wasn't like, Oh, all of a sudden I'm going to like stop drinking alcohol or fight this addiction thing. They were like good parents to begin with. Um, but what happened was, is we became disciples as a family. Um, we, we started serving and giving and participating actively. Um, we, when I say we jumped in as a family and my parents, like, spring, spring break. We never went on vacation. We went on the mission trip to Mexico. Uh, so my parents would each take a week of vacation during the summer and take the family ski boat to go up to Lake Shasta and drive kids around on houseboats. Um, yeah, the church I grew up at runs the largest houseboat camp in the history of the universe. It's like 250 kids. And my, my parents were like the godfathers of that trip, like helping it get off the ground at, you know, at kind of its baby infant stages while me and my brother were still young. Yeah. And so like, we, we just learned early on, like it's the, the gospel is worth it. It's worth the investment. And so we're going to be a family that's defined by, we want to impact people's lives with the same kind of impact. We've had the same hope, the same joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, the fruit of the spirit. As we you know follow in Jesus's footsteps, we, we want to be that kind of family. And I think my brother and I, honestly, like, we we're grateful for the upbringing we had and watching my, you know, my, my dad and my mom, like do their quiet time at the kitchen table. Right. Cause that was how they were discipled. Like you, you model it for your kids and then they'll do the same for their kids. And so it's really fun now, you know, my dad's kind of the patriarch quote unquote of the mm-hmm. family, you know, in his sixties and he's retired. And like, I love that my, my kids, you know, the grandkids have a, a grandpa who, who prays with them who wants to like read the Bible with them when they go spend the weekend with them and who like wants to take them to their kids camps. And if you're a grandparent listening to this podcast, like it is your job to sign up your grandkids for kids camp, like get them there because it can transform the entire family. And like, I I think that's rad. Like that, that's a legacy that is really, really cool to leave in your wake, so to speak. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. Well, um, I want to get to what you're going to be talking about this weekend, but I want to ask you a couple other things just kind of surfacey stuff, but, uh, do you have any, what kind of future goals do you have? I ask other guys, like, if you have any aspirations to write a book or anything like that, is that something that's in your future? Um, or anything it doesn't have to be a book, but 
Yeah. So I, no, I don't have a book in my future. I, uh, no, not, not at all. I, I always have ideas, but I, I don't want to sit down and write a book. I I'm going to pastor a church one day, okay. uh, as senior pastor. I know that's been kind of part of my calling since day one. And so eventually I'll, I'll be a lead pastor somewhere. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm 35, so I'm not in a rush. Um, but I, I know that's out there in my future. I, I also work for an organization called Chemistry Staffing uh, on the side. That is a uh, organization that helps uh, churches find healthy long-term fits for key pastoral roles. And, and within my role in that company, I get to host uh, what's become the largest compensation survey of youth pastors in the country. I've surveyed over 5,000 youth pastors over wow. the last five years. Yeah. And what it's done is it's actually led to a partnership with Christianity Today and churchsalary.com that's helped set um, churchsalary.com's formula for helping churches set appropriate compensation packages for their youth pastors. And so I feel like I get to do some legacy work in the church with helping, uh, with on the compensation side of things, because so many youth pastors don't last in ministry because they can't afford to. And, uh, so I, I, am really empowering this next generation of up and coming youth pastors to say, you know what, uh, money's not going to be a part of the formula for me when it comes to burning out in ministry. If I'm going to leave ministry, it's going to be because of something else besides compensation. And uh, so I, I I love that side of what I get to do. And I hope I never stop doing that because it really breathes health into the ministers, which, you know, you the church sees the pastors for half an hour on a Sunday and they go, Oh, they're, they're energetic and they're happy and it's, it's great. And like whatever. And, but they don't see on Monday, the, 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 the stress and coming off the weekend. And so, you know, I know Brett's a good dude and his family's pretty fantastic. I've gotten to know them over the years of just doing things here and there at Spring Hills, but pray for your pastors, man, because it's not, it's not always easy. It's not always smooth sailing. No, man. I'm especially, I mean, the, the pandemic was a whole nother challenge that I talked to Brett about this a while ago because you know, he planted the church here in 92 and there's been a few things um, that have come up that are like, I mean, I grew up in church. My dad was, he's a, he's still a pastor. He was a youth pastor and um, seeing some of the challenges that have, that have come up to the church in the last five years. Like, I mean, we had the fires here in Santa Rosa. That's something a lot of pastors didn't really know how to deal with that at first. Then of course the pandemic and just thing, thing after thing where we've got still, even though the fires haven't hit us again, really, um, as far as like structural damage, you know, the, the evacuations, like it's kind of a tricky thing here. We evacuate every year, or something and churches are like, wait, do we, do we cancel? Do we keep going? Is it too smoky yeah. outside to do this during the pandemic? And do we meet outside? Do we meet in, you know, just all this stuff that gets really tricky with pastors. It weighs on you, man. Cause you're, you're, you're also, you're under a microscope. And, well, and if you, if you didn't take the pandemic class in seminary, you missed out like that. That course was so helpful for me when COVID I'm totally kidding. There's I no, know. Pandemic I was like, class. wait a second. I didn't do <laughs> no. seminary, but if you're exactly. telling me there's an actual <laughs> pandemic thing, then we no. which wouldn't have surprised me, I guess with, with the study of revelation, maybe they're like, you know what, this could come up. <laughs> Let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, I always say Sunday's always coming and nobody's thinking about all these other things. Like yeah. it, it, it's really, really tough. Um, and I, I, it's interesting. Pastoring has kind of like, it's kind of gotten lumped in a little bit with like policing in the last few years where it used to be an occupation that was highly regarded. And, um, it used to be well-respected nationwide and it's kind of shifted a lot where, you know, a, a couple of 
rough cases, both in the police world and in the pastoring world, have really changed the reputation of those occupations. Um, I'm waiting for that to happen in the firefighter realm because the firefighters are pointing their fingers at the police officers now. But, you know, it, it used to be back and forth, back and forth. And now it's just one way. And so, I, you know, I it's a hard occupation yeah. and that's why there's so many people who leave to go, you know, sell homes or insurance or whatever, because they, they just don't want to do it for their entire career. And so I'm, I'm really hoping and praying that God sustains me and my family through uh, an entire career of legacy of pastoring. That's awesome. Cool, man. Why don't you share with us a little bit about what you're going to be talking about this weekend? Yeah. So uh, when they said it's pastor's pick and you can preach on whatever you want, I, I had to like kind of back up a second because I don't have a book that I'm promoting or anything like that. Like, and, and so I don't have that like sermon in my pocket that sure. I just preach wherever I go and then say, Oh, by the way, buy the book. Um, which is fine if you do that, but that, Barney did that me. a couple of weeks ago, actually Barney. <laughs> so Barney's a local guy here that we all, he spoke here a lot, but Barney um, was on the, uh, the princess cruise. That was like the quarantine Oh. The quarantine cruise. So he he yeah. wrote a book. He's a great writer. Um, I actually interviewed him here too on the podcast about his book. But he wrote a book. It's super funny. Uh, but he came here and he shared some stories from it. And he pr he promoted his book a little bit, which is really funny that you said that because that was two weeks ago that he did that. But Barney's a good guy. He uh, he's a good writer too. So good. Yeah, I'm not bashing it at all. I think it's great. Um, I I think there's far too many Christians who are following God um, and have the Holy Spirit in their lives but they've got a light version of it. Mm. They, they've got a Diet Coke version of, of the Holy Spirit. And so I, I'm going to talk this Sunday and Saturday about the significance of the Spirit and really dive deep into what comes with the Holy Spirit. When we're adopted, as Romans 8, as chapter 8 says, when we're adopted into the family of God and we become heirs with Christ, co-heirs with Christ, we inherit everything that Christ inherits. And so what does that look like? Because Christ, Christ left behind this, this Holy Spirit, which is, you know, we, we think, oh, it's it's, you know, can't see it, touch it, feel it, whatever. Um, especially, you know, with my Presbyterian background, you know, the Holy Spirit's like, it, 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 it's this thing way over there. It's, it's, you know, it lives in my heart, right? It's my Jiminy Cricket or something like that. And, and that, that's all fine. But I really want to, to push Spring Hills this weekend to say, you know, there's a fullness of living your life in the Holy Spirit that can come if you, uh, if you practically take hold of that, which you've been given positionally. And so we're going to dive into that phrase uh, a little bit this weekend. And, and I, I'm stoked because when I, when I preach, I get excited about what I preach about, no matter what it is, um, whatever the assignment is, whatever the passage of scripture is. I, I love, I love, it's my passion to share God's word with people and make it come to life in a way that is real. Um, I, I tell people all the time, I went to Israel, uh, like, I don't know, 15 years ago. And uh, that experience for me was eye opening. It's like you fall asleep and you're watching the animated Disney Peter Pan. And then you wake up the next day and you're on the pirate ship <laughs> in Neverland. It makes the Bible come to life like that. Yeah. And what it did was it changed my preaching to say, I want to make the Bible come to life. Right. Yeah. Like I, I don't want it to be this old stale, you know, manuscript document from, you know, it's got dust on it from yesteryear. Like it's living and active. It is, um, it's something that can be transformative today, even in our culture and the scrutiny that religion has taken in our culture, the Bible can come to life. And it talks about this thing called the Holy spirit and that's how it comes to life. And so we're going to connect those dots this weekend and Sweet. it's going to be a blast. Awesome, dude. Well, yeah, Dan is
is going to be here all weekend. He'll be speaking at Saturday night service and Sunday morning. You are you can already hear it a little bit. You can hear his energy. He's got energy. He's got passion. So you're going to love uh, hearing from him. You're going to love hearing what he has uh, to teach you through through God's word this weekend. If uh, if you can't make it, we will be online. So Saturday night we uh, stream it online, and then uh, we'll we'll put that up on Sundays as well. People will be able to catch it. So I know if you've got family or something, Dan, that are in Turlock and um, and want to check it out, they can check it out online. So. Uh, yeah, man, anything else you want to share with us before uh, you get here this weekend? I would just say this, you know, coming back from COVID and things like that, uh, we, we've forgotten a little bit how to invite people to church. Mm-hmm. And the statistics are still true, right? 80% of people who are invited to church won't say no. They'll say yes. And so maybe there's a neighbor that, you know, two years ago, pre-COVID, you were thinking, man, I really want to invite them to church. Hey, there's no better weekend than this weekend to invite them. And I'm not saying that because I'm coming. Just the, the time is now. Yeah. It's time to get back. And so maybe you've been watching online and you haven't, you know, wanted to come back yet. Like I would say, come, give it a shot this Sunday um, and, and come be a part of the community and the family at, at there at Spring Hills. So awesome. thanks for having me, Garrett. Dan Navarra, thank you, man. I'll see you in a couple of days. Fantastic.